Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, where there are where there is state fair pricing on Weber Grills right now, brings you Garage Logic Podcast number six hundred and sixty nine, August 9th. 2021. It was 95 degrees on this day on two occasions, 1947 and 2010, and as chilly as 46 in 1972. Right now in 2021, this long, luxurious swimming season continues, and if you've got a weed or muck problem, there's still time to clear it up with Aquaside products, particularly Aqua Clear pellets. They're organic. They eat up the junk on the bottom there, dead leaves and dead weeds and animal byproducts and stuff that creates all that murk. It's totally organic. It won't harm anybody. Not, uh, it won't even harm the fish. It clears up the water. It makes it wonderful. It's easy to use. You can see me using it on, a GL, on our GL Facebook and Twitter feeds. Get the muck out with AquaClear pellets from the Aquaside Company, a White Bear Lake company. Call them at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now... From the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Can we clear something up right, right at the top? Sure. What do we screw up this I time? Have, uh, I have family uh, currently in Denver uh, to go hiking and whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, their timing is horrible mm-hmm. because over the weekend, uh, Denver had the worst air quality in the world, wow. not just the nation, in the world. But in any event, uh, the kid I used to have uh, texted me early this morning providing a link to a tweet uh, of that someone took of a guy yelling seemingly the n-word at a colorado rockies game yesterday yep uh miami at colorado it was lewis brinson lewis brinson was up in the ninth inning he's an african-american so you you hear this well play it okay all right can we play it yeah The guy's yelling Dinger. That's the name of the mascot for the Colorado Rockies. To the point where he's waving at right. Dinger, trying to get his attention. And I, I, here's your proof that he didn't say the N-word. He's alive. <laughs> right. Yeah, he would have yeah, been, he he been pummeled. He would not have walked out of that ballpark on his own two legs. And yet there was zero reaction in the stands. None. Zero reaction from the players. And all of a sudden, of course, given our sensitivity uh he he was thought to have yelled out that word well he he didn't we have not sunk that low but the rockies were really quick to issue a public statement by the way well of course but here's here's what the rockies are going to have to do bet you a hundred bucks they change the name of the mascot because now that this is out there they can't risk this happening again they can't risk, you know, young drunk people going to the ballpark and right. say, "Let's yell dinger all night." Mm-hmm. No, he was not yelling the N word. He was yelling dinger. Now, why he might have been hammered? Oh, he did sound like he'd had a couple yeah. pops. And and because I'm unaware of fans that yell for the mascot, I think they have a big purple dinosaur or something. I did give TC Bear the business once. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Right. In any From event, afar? 
no. Uh, the purple oh. dinosaur, isn't that Barney? Yeah. <laughs> You're talking yeah. about Barney? Yeah. But it's, it's the garage logic position that the instantaneous hysteria was uh, much too premature and overcooked. Uh, this guy was yelling out for the mascot of the Colorado Rockies. And again, if you want proof... The proof is there was no reaction to this whatsoever. Right. We're duct taping airline passengers to their seat if they question the mask regulations. Mm-hmm. You think this guy got a, would have gotten away no, with this? Not a chance. No. Not a chance. But I hell. was just really happy to know that the Colorado Rockies have zero tolerance for this. Oh, well, they do. That, that I was glad yeah. to learn yesterday. Well, okay, good. May I have fanfare, please? Oh, it's a very important day, August ninth. Something big happened on this day on August 9th, 1919. Howard Taft got stuck in a bathtub. Kelsey noted this. It's Mar- it's Marjorie Johnson's 102nd birthday today. Oh, that today. gets a double win. Yes. Happy birthday, Marjorie. Will be will we be seeing her at the fair, Rook? Well, I certainly hope so. Have you been in contact with her kids? Or uh, I did not yet. No, I have not made that call because I know that she is a staple. So we'll. Uh, she's always guest one. Too, correct. She's always guest one. But remember when her age was a secret, and once she hits a hundred, everybody knows how old she is now. Yeah. Well, she's a hundred and two today. Well kept secret. And remember what she told us the last time she was on the fair. I believe you asked her, "What's the secret? You know, what is it?" And mm-hmm. she said. No alcohol and lots yeah. of fruits and vegetables. Yep. See you later, 102. Yeah. More what like about 79. Marlboros? <laughs> cigarettes? Can we, yeah. I, I, can, I got you covered on the fruits and vegetables. You do like your grapes. Yes. Love yeah, my you grapes. Do. Yep. Obama yeah. had a big 60th birthday party, and uh, the media has loved to, uh, to cover it. And I don't care that he had a big birthday party. That's his house. That he bought so close to the ocean, uh, even though he knows he's going to be flooded out of there any minute because the U.N. has issued a red alert. We have no time left. It's over. We have no time oh. left. Oh. Red alert by the U.N. I love the U.N. wish they would get out of my country. In any event, I'm going to bring this up. It's not much of a story, and yet it's a, it's a, it's a significant story for what, what it must be like inside the New York Times. Okay. A New York Times reporter sparked a firestorm of backlash over the weekend after relaying sentiment that justified Barack Obama's grandiose 60th birthday party. Hmm. Uh, Because the Democrats, of course, are the leading advocates of wearing a mask and and getting vaccinated and social distancing. New York Times White House correspondent Annie Carney uh, was on CNN, and she justified the mass gathering of Obama's birthday party by relaying the sentiment of some Martha's Vineyard residents, saying uh, these people are sophisticated, and they're probably vaccinated, and they had to get tested before they went to the party. And uh, these are very sophisticated people. They were they were not required to be vaccinated, but most of the crowd assumed to be. Where's the party? Yeah. So that suggests apparently that sophisticated people uh, can do whatever they want, while mm. the rest of us morons uh, better obey the elites. <laughs> right. right, and and it's just it's just an outstanding glimpse into how detached those people are. The hypocrisy just running deep. Not not Obama again. I don't care if he has a birthday party. No, and and but but the New York Times to say, well, this is different. These are sophisticated <laughs> people who sure. know how to follow the rules mm-hmm. and and. Uh, Know how to party. What a bunch of BS. It's just absolute BS. If you're rich and sophisticated, you're safe from COVID. 
<laughs> you don't get it. Unreal. Uh, so, uh, the people at, at uh, Sturgis, they will all die. Uh, right, but, but, yeah. But the yeah. uh, there'll be a lot of Harleys for sale, is what you're saying? Yeah, the, these people are fine. Uh, it's okay because uh, it's just it's just an amazingly telling glimpse into the uh, uh, the mindset, the template, the agenda of the New York Times. They have no identity or ability to identify whatsoever with anyone outside a six square block in Manhattan where their building's located. I know he's a whack job, yeah. but Representative Jim Jordan had a pretty good tweet about an hour ago. Yeah, He said, just so we're all clear, everyone, COVID-19 spreads at church, school, Trump rallies, and motorcycle rallies. It does not spread at peaceful protests, the southern border, Democrat wedding reception, San Francisco hair salons, Governor Newsom's dinner, and President Obama's birthday party. <laughs> wow, what a smart virus. <laughs> I thought that was pretty oh, good. Or, my word. or Lollapalooza. Or Lollapalooza. Or, yes, thank you, Kenny. Now, why was Lollapalooza let off the hook? Uh, because they, you had to either show proof of vaccination oh. or you had to show proof that you don't have it, um, that being a test, a, a good test, within the last 72 hours. They said they let 90% of all uh, people through the gate. Only 10% had to be turned away. Mm-hmm. But that's really how... See, it's, it's one thing for me to tell you uh, how the people in the, in the New York Times think because I could be wrong. It's another thing when you can have it presented to you by a New York Times correspondent. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she, I, I just, I don't think she's capable of understanding how absurd she sounds. Did she happen to cover the festivities for a 45's 75th birthday, Donald Trump? It was June uh, 14th. He turned 75 this year. Was there any coverage of his birthday party or anything like that? Probably a super spreader, Rook. So at this this party at uh, uh, the Obamas, do you suppose there were like a whole group of people that were locked in the uh, bathroom doing rails off the back of the toilet uh, (laughs) tank, uh, snarfing up, blow as fast as they could? You guys, you did. Any, oh, sorry. Anybody you... sitting in a tree, tripping their brains out? Uh, <laughs> I bet. Kind of I barfing bet. and then yeah. sleeping in the lawn. Did you guys see that? the video? I believe it was Paris of police walking around checking people's papers as really? they were dining outdoors. Ooh, really? If nope. if we hit another lockdown, guys, I think I think the world's gonna explode. You better get this thing laminated. You better get your uh, vaccination yeah. card laminated. Mine's laminated. <clears throat> I don't I, carry it, but it's laminated. Mine's on my night stand but I, ha- I haven't touched it since i put it there why is it on your nightstand do you like looking at it before you go to bed <laughs> i do just remind myself that i'm gonna <laughs> live to see another horrible tomorrow see the other the other interesting thing <laughs> that was a kenny, like kenny don't i yeah sorry <laughs> you're wearing off on me kenny the, the other interesting thing about uh this uh uh what's her name carney uh what's her name let's help yeah. me annie carney the, the other <clears throat> interesting thing is this is what has become of journalism. In other words, what obligation does Annie Carney have to be interviewed on CNN for the sole purpose of defending Obama's birthday party? That's, that's not her job. Right. And again, I, I hope you understand the distinction I'm making. I don't care about Obama having a birthday party. That's his money. And I don't care that Obama has a $12.5 million mansion that I would covet 
uh, on the uh, on the beach in Martha's Vineyard. He just well, doesn't get to lecture me nope. about rising ocean levels. Right. Nope. Right. So are you at all upset about the fact that the matter, when he was called on it last week, he said, uh, we're not going to have a party. We're going to scale it way down. There's only going to be a few guests. Yeah. And as it turns out, there was a whole hell of a lot of guests. Yeah, I don't know, how, I don't know how significantly the party got scaled down, but it, it's, uh, it was a pretty much a maskless birthday bash because he's invited only a sophisticated vaccinated crowd i'm reading mm-hmm. a, a comment here was uh, dave Grohl there were the foo fighters there? no pearl jam was supposed to play i don't oh, think oh, they did pearl jam yeah okay yeah it's Six a it's a case study a it's a case study in the elitism of the new york times isn't it oh yes it's just amazing it's amazing that they don't even try to hide it anymore no it's just at amazing. one point they may have tried to hide it now it's not even a, it's a joke and sturgis which of course will attract hundreds of thousands of people more than Obama's birthday party that will be looked at closely uh, to discover if in fact that's a super spreader event <laughs> and uh, I love how they can pick and choose and really don't even it's care. a neat game isn't it's, it it is yeah. we win every time you lose you know uh, rook you didn't tell anybody but you arrived today with a Red Savoy pizza. Oh, yes. So I ate lunch before I got here. Yep. Reds is back with us. You didn't tell me. Did you go to the store in Snelling? Pretty smart idea, isn't it? Who's the guy that left a nice gift for me there? I, I don't know. It looks like uh, Joel in uh, Delbo, Minnesota. But I snatched well, it up for you. you. I, Joel. I knew that that was there. That was from yeah. April. That was left there in April. That was a while ago. And those those wonderful uh, workers over at Reds just let it sit there until you came back. But I just got to tell you, I need to warn uh, the, the Red Savoy people. Yeah. And I need to warn you people. Are they doing it right? They're, they're doing it right. And when you lift up that box and you feel like a crack addict as you're pick, pick, <laughs> figuring out which piece of pizza you're going to put in first, the one that has the most sausages on it, Yep. you know you're going to get burned. I knew I was going to get burned. Right. I knew my mouth. It was so fresh and couldn't hot. Wait, could you? I couldn't wait. Yeah. So that's a, that comes with a caveat. Try to hold off as long as you can. It's so good. It smells and looks so good that you have to wait because otherwise it's just going to scorch you. Elbow is, by the way, just just a little bit northwest of Princeton, Minnesota. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, Joel. Yeah. Uh, we, I want to tell you that Red's uh, Savoy has uh, joined the Gopher program as an official sponsor. They've got some of their uh, ads with PJ Fleck on their Facebook page. What does he like again? And huh? He what does likes, he like uh, again? He likes uh, pepperoni and green olives. What did you bring in? I want double sausage. Double if sausage. you don't get a double sausage, you're not doing it right. Okay, but all GLers can get their hands on Red Savoy Soda, S-O-T-A, style pizza, just in time for that college football season. Visit SavoyPizza.com and use code word ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, to get 5 bucks off any order of $30 or more. The offer is available only through the Red Savoy app or website. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Sushere. Uh I'm calling it right now. Summer's over. What? Summer is over. It's always over when next year's bikes arrive on the showroom floor. And the 2022s, they're landing at the Moon Motorsports showroom. And all of these new models that you've been hearing about all summer at Moon 2, the BMW R9 T Urban GS, the 40th anniversary baby, that's there. Oh, listen to this, Such. 
The Triumph Scrambler Steve McQueen edition is mm. at Moon 2. It's a 1200. It's inspired by the competition TR6, I believe. Uh, but this was the bike that was made famous by the barbed wire jump in right. The Great Escape. Right. This thing, have you seen it? Metallic green. It yes. reeks it's of it's cool. Lovely. It's so yeah. cool. And I, so I went off, I went down the rabbit hole in this bike. Uh, there's only a thousand of them made and released worldwide. Each bike is numbered. They have them at Moon. Uh, the new Ducati Monster, that's also arrived at Moon Motorsports. That's another great bike with attitude. Visit Moon Motorsports in Monticello. You'll experience the most exciting showroom in the whole state. Family owned and operated for 50 years. Experts in Minnesota on Polaris, Can-Am, Honda, Yamaha, BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Polaris, Skidoo, and now Husqvarna. That's nine brands. They're located on the south side of 94, just west of 24, and on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Was the violence in Minneapolis over the weekend particularly notable? Well, we had what? Three deaths? Uh, and two. two were in the span of how many hours? Or shootings. I don't know if both of them resulted in death. I should clarify. Well, the effort to replace the uh, police department is in court today. The Yes for Minneapolis campaign filed a lawsuit against the city and the city clerk's office. They accused the city of attempting to mislead voters about a proposed amendment that would replace the MPD with the Department of Public Safety. Last month, the city council added an explanatory note to the ballot question. The Yes for Minneapolis group said that note is subjective and could sway voters in November. In other words, the Yes for Minneapolis is afraid if the public uh, really understands what is taking place, they'll vote against it. <laughs> Shall the, uh, the voters will be given the opportunity to vote yes or no on the ballot question, which reads, Shall the Minneapolis City Charter be amended to strike and replace the police department with a Department of Public Safety that employs a comprehensive public health approach and which would include licensed peace officers, police officers, if necessary, to fulfill its responsibilities for public safety with the general nature of the amendments being briefly indicated in the explanatory note below, which is made part of the ballot. The explanatory note, which would be included with the ballot question, outlines how the head of public safety would report to the mayor and city council. It reads, this amendment would create a new department of public safety, which would, one, combine public safety functions of the city of Minneapolis into a comprehensive public health approach to safety with the specific public safety functions to be determined. Two, include licensed peace officers if necessary to fulfill the responsibilities of the Department of Public Safety. Three, be led by a commissioner of public safety. The appointment process for the commissioner would include a mayor nomination and a city council appointment. The mayor would not have complete power over the establishment, maintenance, and command of the Department of Public Safety. The amendment would also do the following. One, remove from the charter a police department, which includes the removal of its police chief and the removal of the mayor's complete power over the establishment, maintenance, and command of the police department. Two, remove the city council requirement to fund the police force of at least 1.7 employees per 1,000 residents. Three, remove city council authorization to impose additional taxation on taxable property in the city of Minneapolis of up to 0.3% of its value annually to fund the compensation of employees of police force. 
In other words, if you don't vote no, Minneapolis, you're 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 throwing away your city, which is rapidly disappearing in front of your eyes anyway. What makes you say that? So here's this outside group funded by outside money, yes, from Minneapolis, that essentially is suing to say, well, you can't tell the public that. We don't want them to know that. (laughs) If you tell them that, they'll vote no. So so they're suing that the explanatory note in the amendment is too subjective and could sway the voters. Well, yes, any any rational human being, including me, I'm now learning even more uh, to be alarmed uh, about uh, removing the city council requirement to fund a police force of at least 1.7 employees per 1,000 residents. People... These activists want to get rid of the cops in a city that is now so lawless it's establishing homicide records. Right. And you're worried because the voters will now go into the booth and read this and go, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold Hold on. on. (laughs) Something ain't right here. Love that. And if you're you're still kind of on the fence, like, well, maybe it's not that bad. I just went to KSTP.com and just searched shooting. Yeah. And I just want it uh, given to me in uh, in time lapse. Is that how you pronounce that? And I can't even keep up. Yeah. Just in the last week, there's about 25 stories on here. And these nutcases think that a comprehensive public health strategy will be the answer to this lawlessness and violence. Would you like to hear the explanation from Philippe Cunningham? No. Oh, no. Don't okay. ever play that again until I tell you to. This guy drives me nuts. Uh, again, it's just it's just hilarious. Uh, please, hey city, you can't tell these people the truth about what we're doing. They'll vote no. So we're in court today, suing to get those clarifying paragraphs removed from the ballot question. Now go back to the ballot question. If they succeed in winning their lawsuit, and the explanatory notations must be dropped, all the voters will see is this. Shall the Minneapolis City Charter be amended to strike and replace the Minneapolis Police Department with a Department of Public Safety that employs a comprehensive public health approach and which would include licensed peace officers, if necessary, to fulfill its responsibilities for public safety? With the general nature of the amendments being briefly indicated in the explanatory note below, which is made part of this ballot. So what, if I'm reading this correctly... What, what the people bringing suit would say is the, uh, the ballot question has to end. Uh, here's, here's what they'll want. Shall the Minneapolis City Charter be amended to strike and replace the police department with the Department of Public Safety that employs a comprehensive public health approach and which would include licensed police officers, if necessary, to fulfill its responsibilities for public safety? Period. They don't even want this part of the sentence added with the general nature of the amendments being briefly indicated in the explanatory notes below which is made part of this ballot they would have to get rid of that part of the sentence so you have a bare bones information free ballot question that the city council miraculously enough i can't believe the salon came up with this but even the minneapolis city council said hold on Mm -hmm. wait a minute wait a minute Something ain't right here. And they added all of these addendums so that the voter would actually know what's being done here. So I have a, a dark thought. We talk about how, or frequently we bring up, are people's eyes, have they been opened? And I think a lot have. But how many are, when, when they come to vote on this, are going to show up specifically to vote for this 
because they know they can get away with so much more without added uh, cops on the street. You follow me? Well, no, no because I think what you're saying is uh, uh, criminals won't vote for this? No, that they will show up specifically to vote for this. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. No. That I think you're giving way too much civic credit to yeah. the average yeah. thug. Okay. I, I don't think they're going to roll I'm going down to register there. <laughs> I'm here to register, gonna... brah. Yeah. No, the, no, who has to wake up are the home, the families that, who pay the bills in that city, who pay the property taxes, who try to maintain livable neighborhoods. Uh, they're the ones who have to go and turn out in droves to vote no for this. Otherwise, you're done. It, it's bad now. What would it be if yes for Minneapolis got its way? Oh my God, I don't even want to think about that. I'd never go there. No, I wouldn't well, either. I got news for you. We drive there every day, bro. Am I? Does? In, well, basically, technically, us. yeah. My toes are in Minneapolis. That's right true. Now. Yeah. I don't drive there every day. You're in it right now. Oh, for Pete's sake! Uh, I'm, no, I'm in it by fifty no, he's feet. Not. No, he's not. No, you guys are in the St. Paul portion of the building. Yeah, I'm in the St. Paul the, portion of the building. The I line, is, right. the line is the hallway that yeah. goes down the lot from the lobby. I'm sophisticated the, and, and advanced. I'm so, in the St. Paul part of the so building. Here's the, uh, here's the line. No, right? it's Hubbard. not the Hubbard building. Shh. Listen, here's the front entrance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. We're still close enough that this will affect us eventually. Is my tell point. us what you saw in Riverside. As you no, I don't want him to tell today. us what he saw in yeah, Riverside. Yeah, what is it? What are the people I doing? I mean, I couldn't believe it at first, and then I, it didn't even... I, I, I don't know why I was shocked. Open air. There is a homeless encampment. Well, choose your words carefully. I, I'm going to. I, I will. Uh, it, it's south of yeah. 94. Give me the good words. As you're going eastbound on 94, it's on the south side where that pawn shop that burned down. Is that That's not not quite to the Riverside exit. It's before that. Maybe yeah, it's, Maxit oh, Pond. It's Cedar. Yes. No, that's Cedar. That's Cedar. Thank you, Kenny. And there was a gentleman... Out in broad daylight. Um, the word is defecating. Yes. Yeah. No, it's using the outhouse without the benefit of an outhouse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> using the outhouse with no walls. Right. Yeah. Right there in the open. Did he look happy? Relieved. He looked relieved. He looked relieved. Doing his morning necessaries <laughs> down by the creek. <laughs> oh, my word. Hi, yeah, That's yeah, just, yeah. Uh, I don't even think he was using your Mr. Chair, Kenny. That's I just, untenable. It's, yep. it's oh, he was a pro. Untenable. That's, That's balance right there, huh? Dreadful. Yeah. Dreadful. Yeah. Dreadful. Welcome then to Minneapolis. T- then at the, after the, it's done, you can tell he's kind of looking around a little panicked to see what he can... I, he forgot one thing. Okay. okay. New topic. Yes. Suits, grab the raids. Take go. over. I'm going to. I want to tell you that uh, our own GL geologist, Stacy. Yes. She's uh, playing in a tournament up at Giants Ridge, and she sent me a picture of herself oh, in I front of the that. big Giants Ridge sign wearing her Garage Logic sweater. She wears it well. Yes, yeah, she does. Uh, so she's up there escaping Escaping people See, doing what they're doing working, outside. Such? Right. Tell them about Giants Ridge. Home to the quarry and the legend, two of the greatest public golf courses in the country. And uh, she's going to be in a tournament. They'll take care of you. With groups of eight or more, they'll customize a tournament for you. So you get your front buddies, your families. I'm sure with groups bigger than that, too. 37-hole special this summer. Played the legend and the quarry on the same day with lunch on them. For one incredible rate, 160 bucks plus tax on weekdays and $175 plus tax on weekends. And uh, as I've told you, and as uh, Stacy will find out, seeking peace from geological catastrophes, uh, she's going to be uh, near water recreation and biking and hiking and the newest and largest 
lift-served mountain bike park in the Midwest, dining, lodging, and more. View 3D course flyovers of the legend in the quarry at GiantsRidge.com or learn more and book tea times online at GiantsRidge.com or by calling 218-865-8030. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. So, uh, don't you worry about your stuff when you leave home? Or do you simply assume that the guns and the money and uh, the magazines and uh, all that other stuff uh, is safe under the mattress or behind I'm, the couch? I'm house-sitting a dog that'll rip your throat out. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool. Plus, you know all what? my good stuff's in a safe. In your case, I would get a say. Uh, I would get a safe that you fit in, Such. In your case, because uh, yeah, whether you're home or not, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's trouble right. there. MapleGroveLockandSafe.com. <laughs> That's the web address of Maple Grove Lock and Safe. The new location, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, and of course the Liberty Safe. That's the best, strongest, bi- biggest selling safe in the country, made right here in the United States of America. And, by the way, that's the safe that's going to give you peace of mind when you leave the house for the day or the weekend or forever when the spouse finally gives you the boot suit. Uh, you got to stop into Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Talk to Rich. He's the owner-operator. Go ahead. Ask him all sorts of crazy questions. He doesn't care. Uh, he's fantastic. He's going to make sure you go home happy with the safe that fits your needs in his shop in Maple Grove <laughs> Best place in the Midwest to pick up a safe, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. I'm looking at a story from the University of Wisconsin-Madison News Department, and I'm looking at a picture of workers having strapped a very large rock and then lifting it onto a flatbed truck with a crane. Hmm. And it turns out that... uh, (laughs) The University of Wisconsin-Madison moved the former Chamberlain Rock an object that had become a painful symbol of racism to generations of students to a site off the campus. The rock had sat at the crest of Observatory Hill since 1925. That same year, it was referred to in a newspaper headline by a deeply offensive nickname that included a racial slur. The derogatory nickname was commonly used at the time to refer to any large, dark rock. Well, let me stop right there. As is usual, when Mysterians uh, dump this news at my feet, I'm completely innocent of ever having known that. And two, this isn't necessarily a dark-colored rock. Looks like a rock to me. May I see it? Does that it's look like a dark-colored rock? It's got shades of dark, uh, no, but it's no. m- I don't. mostly not. And it, a lot of rocks were referred to that way. The Wisconsin Black Student Union, in partnership with the Native American student organization Wonk Sheik, led an effort to remove the rock from the campus. Uh, it's on uh, the Madison's main campus is on ancestral Ho-Chunk land. Last November, students testified at a meeting of the campus planning committee uh, that the continued presence of the rock was a daily reminder of the injustices past and present that students of color face on campus. Committee members recommended to Chancellor Rebetta Blank that the rock be moved. Blank accepted their recommendation. Uh, it took courage and commitment for the Wisconsin Black Student Union to bring the issue forward and to influence change alongside the UW's wank chic student leaders, said Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs Lori Reeser. 
In the midst of demands for justice following George Floyd's murder last summer, the students wanted a change on campus and they worked hard to see this through. While the decision required compromise, I'm proud of the student leaders and the collaboration it took to get here. Okay. Madison senior Nala McWhorter, who served as president of the Wisconsin Black Student Union during the 20, uh, 2020-21 academic year, was among a small group of onlookers who watched as a crane lifted the rock out of the ground early Friday morning. It was very meaningful for me to be here and to see the process all the way through to the end, McWhorter said. It was about a year ago that we released our demands and met with the chancellor and explained to her why those demands meant so much. It was a powerful moment today to see this demand come full circle. McWhorter said she hopes that the removal of the rock inspires other students to work for change on campus. Does that mean they should also go around and find things that they can imagine to have been racially charged at one time in history? Really, really, I see this as offering the next generation of students something to build off. She said, we've got this project going and now the next round of students can continue to work on other demands and come up with other ideas. The rock is a rare, large example of a Precambrian era glacial erratic, likely over two billion years old. It had been designated as a monument on campus in honor of Thomas Chamberlain, a noted geologist who also served as president of the University of Wisconsin from 1887 to 1892. There is no evidence offered here that uh, Chamberlain, they couldn't find fault with Chamberlain, apparently. No, no. From the the article, the piece I'm reading, (laughs) uh, it was called that once by the Wisconsin State Journal, a 1925 article, and university historians have not found any other time that that term was used in reference to this rock, but they said the Ku Klux Klan was active on the campus at the time, according to the newspaper. What does that have to do with a rock? Right. I know! And it was a universal term used for all black rocks. Well, and it was unseemly. Uh, Obviously, it was an unseemly term. But there's no evidence that it was routinely used throughout the generations. Okay, uh, what, I know you can't say it, but what did they call it? N-word head. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and it was, um, it, it, it was an awful, awful slur used for any black rock. I've never... In my life, heard that most term. people. We've been around Lake Superior and rock formations and limestone. Well, and not to mention, the first thing that came to mind when I read this story is, did you guys have one outside of your high school? Because we did, and a lot of other schools a have. Oh, no, what? because like the seniors. What, oh, you yes. mean like the eagle that they paint but, or yeah, a big rock? Paint that, but like the but senior class guys, will. This rock wasn't placed there. A glacier placed this rock twelve thousand years well, ago. Well, okay, this gets better, or worse. The rock is a rare, large example of a pre-Cambrian era glacial erratic, likely over two billion years old. It had been designated as a monument on campus in honor of Thomas Chamberlain, a noted geologist who also served as president of the University of Wisconsin from 1887 to 1892. The plaque honoring Chamberlain has been removed from the rock. The rock will no longer be referred to by this name, but rather known simply as a glacial erratic. A new plaque honoring Chamberlain will be placed at Chamberlain Hall. Oh, 
People are so, so sensitive. The rock has been moved to university-owned land southeast of Madison near Lake Kaganza. The area is within a glacial till landscape. Uh, The Wisconsin Historical Society approved the permit on August 2nd following two rounds of public review that sought input from various stakeholders, including the Native Nations of Wisconsin. Uh, Bill Quackenbush, Tribal Historic Preservation Officer for the Ho-Chunk Nation, and Zachary Stencil, a project manager with the Archaeological Research Lab Center at UW-Milwaukee, observed the moving of the rock. The presence of an archaeologist was a condition of the state permit. (laughs) You had to have a rock guy there. (laughs) The contractor laid ground mats to minimize any soil disturbance or compaction during the work. Over the decades, various estimates had placed the rock's weight between 35 and 70 tons. The crane operator Friday was able to get an exact reading, 42 tons. Uh, moving the rock to this remote site prevents further harm to our community. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, honest Whoa. to God, wow. it's over. Here, Here's okay. George Orwell in 1984. Every okay. statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. This holy shoot! I, I, I want to these very sensitive. What do we call these uh, people that are so sensitive? What's your term woke? for these? Uh, no, oh, woke is smart. Sensitive little flowers, whatever. Snowflakes. Um, snowflakes. Thank you. And this so deeply, deeply affects them. Last week, I just quite by accident ran across a bunch of tapes um, from the Smithsonian of former slaves being interviewed, recorded in the 30s and 40s. And you get to hear from their own mouths audio of them telling us what it was like to be slaves. Mm -hmm. And guys, we have no idea. This was unbelievable. I almost swear, unbelievable, swore there, I'm sorry, Uh, unbelievable hardships. I mean, working all day in the sun, 100 plus degrees, and then working all night, and then all day, and on and on and on. And if you don't work, you get beat. If you're you're too beat up to work, guess what? You're dead. Uh, And and this was an unbelievable hardship that these folks had to live through. Can you believe, what do you suppose their reaction would be to these snowflakes that are so yeah. perturbed and so disturbed by a rock that was at one point in 1925 referred to as an N-word head? They would be grabbed by the the, the, the collar, right below the neck, and say, listen, you little punk. Well, here's what they're saying. Uh, we're protecting people from a casual, uh, from casually having to see the rock. Nobody if I walked by that ever, rock, I would, no. I would never have associated the rock with anything ever, untoward. Ever. ever. And I would never go to you, hey, Joe, we want to go have a beer over at no, Bleeperhead? No, of course not. No. We University of Wisconsin-Madison historians have not found evidence that the racist term attached to the rock in the 1925 newspaper article was used in any capacity by the university. However, they note that the Ku Klux Klan was a pervasive presence in the Madison area in the early part of the last century and that people of color were often mocked in minstrel shows at campus facilities and in campus satiric periodicals. What does that have to do with a rock? They unfortunately were everywhere in the country, not just 50 grand to move the rock. Paid for by the chancellor's office and private donations. 
cost fifty grand wow. to move the Who rock. Who the hell would donate I to just, that? I, I just wonder what some of these former children. slaves would say. Okay, but now here's where you have to take this story. You you must seek out its logical end game. What is safe from the party? Nothing. Let's use George Orwell's yeah, term. Nothing. What is safe from the party? What is safe from this cleansing and supposedly pure ideology? I mean, what, am I supposed to look at rocks now and wonder if they were ever uh, called by another name? Of course you are. Well, I'm not going to. But there are, what 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 percentage of the population does this daily? They just go around Combs, looking for things combing, to, yes, combing. to get offended about. Well, the, we should start a list. The, by the implied way. message like from the uh, the implied message from the Black Student Union seems to be okay. We've started the ball rolling here. We got rid of this rock. Now it's up to you and incoming students to find other symbols we can change. Follow our lead. Well, it, you know it's probably historically true that back in the day of brick making, uh, maybe. Uh, Blacks were low on the uh, employment ladder for brick making. Well, do you have to change, tear down buildings that are made of brick? Are schools like Wisconsin in this case, are they caving to this nonsense because they fear of retaliation with declining enrollment numbers already? Is that why they cave so easily? Do I'll you answer, think? I can answer it in a different way. Yeah, good question. I can answer it in a different way. When you uh, look at the remarks of the chancellor... Uh, I'll get it for you. Uh, uh, If you look at the remarks of the Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs, Lori Reeser, Mm -hmm. she offers no indication whatsoever that she even considered telling these students that they're overreacting. She immediately acquiesced to the demand. And because it's a historical rock, they had to bring in the State Historical Society and you had to have a double secret probation geologist on hand and and no she's proud of the students for doing this there was no effort on her part to say are you kidding me what does this rock have to do with anything it's a it's a two billion two billion year old rock those folks have no shot at making it in life and it's named for a guy about whom no evidence can be provided that he himself was untoward right right they tried like hell but they couldn't find anything what, so what's safe? Nothing. Because you can make up, you can just make it up. And in the failed academy, the people in charge will bend over backwards mm-hmm. to accommodate your sensitivity. They might have even uh, tipped them off. Hey, if you do a little digging yeah. here, you're going right. to find Check out. This out. I, I know black uh, granite um, headstones and cemeteries, they need to go. Your black granite countertops, they need to go. Pretty much anything that's rock and black needs to go. Just in case. I mean, I'm gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. I don't know where to go Can with this. Can you even say that anymore? Because way back when, the gobbers were... Uh... <laughs> it's just so over-the-top ridiculous. It's like an SNL skit. I mean, it's just it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's like the golf thing we had the other day. If you look yeah. hard enough on the campus, you could create a scenario in which... Uh, the old oak and tr- the old oak tree outside uh, the uh, well, we have the a oak story. tree outside Old Main. Uh, you know, we 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 know that people gathered under that tree. We know the Ku Klux Klan gathered under that uh, tree in 1922. Joe, that, that tree's got to come down. Uh, yeah, no, look up hanging tree. Right, um, right, right. Chris, we've been through. We've no, we've been through the hanging tree. 
Uh, that's already been in the news. It was a symbol on somebody's state seal. That's a tree. what it was. Just yeah. a tree, not a hanging tree. No. A right. tree. Right. Just as the chapel had to leave the seal of Los Angeles County. Yeah. The right. old chapel, remember? Roanoke College. Yep. Oh, we yeah, discussed Reese. that in January. Yeah. What'd they do? They got rid of a tree? Uh, two trees were removed from campus. Uh, come on here. This is not loading properly. I apologize. <sighs> they like 800 years old, too. <laughs> Cut them bastards down. <laughs> but see, the failed academy is revealing itself here again. Uh, there, there's no effort in these failed academies to be a marketplace of ideas. There's, there's no effort being made to say to the students, really? You, you, you know, it, it, in one newspaper article in 1925, this was referred to in an unseemly uh, matter, do you, manner. Do you really think uh, students since then have, have walked by that rock and, and, and have been made known of the 1925 reference? Now, now, people, my critics might be hard on me saying, well, it's easy for you to say uh, you're not black. But at what point... Will anything from the past be safe from accusations? Anything. Hmm. Well, <laughs> uh, every statue and street building has to keep being renamed. Every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. And in the endless presidents, in the endless president presence, that's no longer the. Uh, Chamberlain Rock. It's a uh, an erratic. It's just going to be called erratic. A Cambrian erratic. Was that a Orwell quote? Read yeah. that again. I want to hear that one more time. Give that to me again. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. Yeah, this hmm. it, they think they're doing the right thing by getting rid of this stuff, but in fact what they're doing, and I, we, we've said it over and over and over again, they're erasing history, completely erasing history. They refuse to study and learn from history. Instead, they, they see it and they see, oh my, our history is a tad bit ugly. Well, you're damn right it is. It's Some of it's really ugly. Who and, did and the digging? Who did the digging? They can't, the, they the can't digging? live with right. that. Who did the digging? What modern era student did the digging to discover that the rock might have been once referred to unseemly in an unseemly way in a newspaper article in 1925? Who did that? That's the big time microfish machines, huh? No, no. Better yet, who does that? Who wants to? Who does that? It's done. It's it's done. And then they Leave rush. It. They rush to the uh, administration. And the administration just lays down on the floor and said, "Yes, you're I'm proud of you. Let's get rid of the rock." Why? Ooh. The rock had nothing to do with anything. It's a rock. It can't talk or move. But we feel better. That's a the key. rock. We, we feel better about it. <laughs> the madness will just never end. It's never going to end. I suppose you should fill in lakes where blacks were not allowed to swim. What's the history of Lake Mendota? What's the name of the lake where Otis Redding died? So, uh, uh, Madison is an isthmus. Did you know that? It's between two lakes. It's huh. an isthmus. I did not know So there's no. Mendota and uh, what's the other one? Come on, help me. Look at a map. Do something, staff. Wake up. Uh, I, I actually am doing something that I'm finding quite fascinating. I, I did the bold thing, and uh, I entered my Google search was, um, 
hold on, let me back up so I can see what my search words were. Lake Where Monona. Does, Monona. Lake Monona. What are the, what's the history of Monona and Mendota? It up. Where does the term N-word head come from? Yeah, I don't know, Kenny. I never heard of it before. And it's got its own Wikipedia page. Hmm. And it was used for all sorts of things, including bollards, uh, soap, chewing tobacco, stove polish, canned oysters, shrimp, golf tees, toy cap pistols, among other things. Also used for geographical features such as hills, rocks, and geological objects such as geodes. Lake Monona is a freshwater drainage lake in Dane County, Wisconsin, surrounded on three sides by the city of Madison, Wisconsin. Well, that's improper writing right there. Nothing can be surrounded on three sides. True. What do you mean? Of course it can. Sure it can. No, no. No, that just Surround is surround, not just three sides. If you're surrounded, you're surrounded. Oh, just shut up with that. No, I'm correct. Nothing can be surrounded on three sides. So... Flanked so, on three sides. There you go. I'm not uh, ripping Reavers, you moron. I'm ripping whoever wrote that. Yeah, and I'm ripping you because okay. you're so tedious. Yeah. But wait a minute. Why well, couldn't it be surrounded on three sides? Because, because the word surrounded is around. complete. Lake Mendota acquired its present name in 1849 following a proposal by a surveyor named Frank Hudson, who claimed to be familiar with the local Native American languages. Lyman C. Draper, the first correspondent secretary of the Wisconsin Historical Society, proposed that Mendota could have been a Chippewa word meaning large or great. Hmm. I raced on that lake. It's a great lake. I like it. I've never been. I've been been at a wedding on Lake Monona. Uh, I'm very familiar with the whole area. Spent a lot of time there. And uh, it never occurred to me. I might even have walked past that rock a few times. Primary inflows and outflows, the Yahara River. How many black students you think walked past that rock over the last 100 years and never gave it a thought? 99.99%. Yep. But just as the... A New York Times writer gave you a wonderful window into the uh, into the elite status of the New York Times staff. So does this give you a wonderful window into the failed academy and how quickly administrators want to acquiesce to re, uh, to demands that seemingly strike normal people, black and white, as completely absurd, completely absurd. Because if you're going to go with this rock, named for a guy who about and you can't find anything wrong with the guy. So you're getting rid of the rock because mm-hmm. it was mentioned once in a 1925 newspaper article. And then to, to, uh, to add on to that, they threw in that, you know, we had some Ku Klux Klan people hanging around back then, too. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with a rock? Word. Well, so what's next on that campus? Uh, they're searching. Rips? I don't know, but whoever did this research is already doing research on somewhere else. Because that's their life's uh, plan now. Their raison de vivre. Yeah, we've been down that road, too. I mean, how many names in St. Paul need to be changed right now before the sun goes down? Most of them. Fact-based. Yeah. In order to have a three-sided object, at least one side must be curved, such as a cylinder or a slice of orange. You're talking about surrounded on three sides. Okay. Don't, I'm not going to argue with but you. But there can be no three-sided shapes without 
a curved side. I, I don't even know what the hell you're bad. Joe, about. this whole thing is with <laughs> like you and surrounded is so pedantic. Just stop it, it with that stuff. Like an orange. Words mean something, Kenny. But I was doing a clarification because I knew we'd get emails on this tomorrow. Kenny, words Do mean they? something. Okay, Joe. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you. I have anymore. to laugh. Oh, it's your pain in my arse. I know, I know. You want to change where you work? Yeah. Boys. I do, yes. Well, <laughs> uh, well, join the club. <laughs> Let's head out to Center Point Commercial Office Let's Park do it. in uh, Mendota Heights. It's really nifty. It's an eight-building campus in a rolling park-like park setting. Just occurred to me there might be some rocks out there. You might. Uh-oh. You could be taking a walk and see a big rock, and now you got to think about it differently. But they got trees and rocks in it. Convenient to the airport, both downtowns, close to Highway 55, 62, 494, 35E. Each of the eight buildings is one story. You park right in front. You're not fighting that downtown parking. Uh, you're not fighting for elevator weights. Each uh, space is customizable, so you get exactly what you want. There's been really a lot of uh, concern now. It continues daily in the press about if people are going to return to work, and if so, where, and if so, when. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful location that gets you out of the, uh, gets you out of harm's way of crowds and distractions. It's called Center Point of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park. Find out more at escapetomendota.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. You know I'm ice cold. Never want to be afraid to let the dice roll. I like my I think this was played at the Obama birthday party. Was it really? I think so. This is a cool song. I watched the video. Dylan's got the hat on backwards. Yes, he does. I knew you were going to say that. We can't cure that. So did Reavers over the weekend in some picture you tweeted out. I was? You and two other meatheads at some concert (laughs) with your backwards hats on. I got a quick story about that, but do let us know about our friends at Seafoam So, yeah, the dummy that vaunts the benefits of Seafoam. Uh, I finally added Seafoam Deep Creep to the items I always carry in the truck. So now Deep Creep along for the ride with the fire extinguisher, first aid kit, tire repair kit, venison field dressing kit, jumper cables, and a tow strap. That's how essential Seafoam Deep Creep is. Not only does it work better than that other stuff, it also smells better. Uh, you know what else I have in there? About a half a dozen cans of Seafoam High Mileage Motor Treatment uh, because... It's over 100,000 miles now for the old GMC, and it loves a couple, two, three gulps every fill-up. Keeps the injectors happy, the mileage uh, just fine. It's also great for small engines, large engines, giant engines, two-strokes, four-strokes, you name it. It's magic. But the really great thing about Seafoam is you don't have to lug around a half a dozen cans because it's available everywhere. And that's not hyperbole. It's a local company with a global reach on shelves virtually everywhere in the world. A wonderful product in the world of bad gas, Seafoam. Really quick. Really quick story, I promise. So Uh Friday, uh, Jess and the boys were out of town. They went to go visit her sister for the night. So I had Friday unoccupied. I see. My neighbor, my buddy Jason, says, hey, what are you doing tonight? I have four tickets to go to the En Vogue concert in Shakopee at Canterbury Park. Oh, oh my God. He said, and I'll drive. 
And oh. I went, okay. sold. Party on. Let's do this. So this is part B. Nothing like a couple of dudes just hanging out together at the Invoke concert on a Friday Where everybody night. thought you were together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's Invoke? But they're a musical Wasn't group it? from the 90s. Female? Yeah. yeah. Yep. But wait a minute, Reavers. Wasn't this a middle-aged mom smoke show? 150%. Oh, yeah. it had to be. Which is the reason yeah. why we wanted to go. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. That's not the only reason we wanted yeah. to go. But yes, it was. I, it was. I got dragged to, uh, I think it was a Wilson Phillips show <laughs> at the state fairgrounds <laughs> with our old friend Lori Frakes, yeah. my former work wife. Uh, and the only reason I went is because I knew what the what the demographics the of the audience yes. was going to be, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Who's the? Uh, my brother Paul was it the only male at a concert? Uh, that was Live Fest, or, um, and he's what? looking around. Lilith Fair. Lilith Fair. Yes. Fair. And he realized. Oh. Hold Wait on. A Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Something ain't right here. <laughs> Oh, well, wait, wait a second. That, but I that's like. That. But wait a minute. That's like. Remember when we Reavers did that remote at the uh, restaurant in uh, Thirty Bales? Yeah. And uh, what was the name of the guy that used to work with Donna and Steve? Um, that producer kid. He's so know. good. Anyway, he sits down with uh, Ryan. Ryan, yeah. Ryan sits down <laughs> with Maddie and Char, and he, you know, two GLers are our friends. And Such gives me the elbow, and he goes, uh, "I hope Ryan knows he doesn't have a shot with those two. <laughs> <laughs> and I immediately went over and told Maddie and Char what Such just said. <laughs> well, really quick, what was funny is I hadn't been to a show at Canterbury in, in years, yeah. uh, and so the, what they do is they put the stage. Just shy of the of the finish line, um, just south of the infield, or you know, just outside of the sure. infield. Right, and yeah. it's really cool. But the upper deck where you're sitting, I mean, there's a lot of tables and and right. uh, garbage cans that have lids on them, and people were dancing on top of them. Oh my thought, god! Oh, what no. is going oh, on? No. <laughs> no holds barred. Oh yeah. I hate to bring you all down, uh, but Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot used the heartbreaking death of a Chicago police officer to advance her narrative that guns are the Windy City's biggest problem, nope. not, not the criminals. Nope, you're wrong, Mayor. Uh, Lori, not, Lori, not Joe. Yeah, yeah. The uh, officer's name was French, but for some reason this printout is not. It's Ella French. It's Ella French. Uh, she and her partner pulled over a vehicle in Chicago's violent West Englewood neighborhood when police said at least two of the three vehicle occupants opened fire on the coppers. Both officers were struck. French died from her injuries while her partner was fighting for his life. After declaring Sunday a day of mourning for Chicago and offering her condolences to the French family, Lightfoot turned to politics. Some say we don't do enough for the police. Others say we do too much, she began. All of this must stop. We have a common enemy. It's guns and the violence they bring. Well, she's yeah. unqualified to be the mayor of a city. She, uh, her thinking is skewed. It's, it's right out of the salon. In a statement, she said, there are some who say that we do not do enough for the police, and uh, we have a common enemy. It's the guns and the gangs. Eradicating both is complex, but we cannot let the size of the challenge deter us. We have to continue striking hard blows every day. Lightfoot was sharply rebuked for repeating her narrative that guns, not violent criminals who use guns, are the problem plaguing Chicago, her narrative, which claims that lax gun laws in surrounding cities and states are to blame 
for Chicago's violence problem has been repeatedly challenged by Chicago lawmakers who believe the mayor has not been tough on gangs. Chicago Alderman Anthony Napolitano has called Lightfoot's narrative pure nonsense while highlighting Chicago's biggest problem, gangs. We have the strongest and the strictest gun laws in the state, if not the country, Napolitano said, disputing Lightfoot's narrative. We have people, we have a people problem here in Chicago. I've been saying this for a long time. We have zero accountability for parents in the city of Chicago. The aldermen complain no one is raising their kids anymore. The gangs are raising them. Mm. Yep. I want you to look up GLers. I thought I would have it for you today, but for some reason it did not it, it did not present itself on my email here at the studio just at home, but I still have it. Uh, Sanibel Jim alerted me to it. Shelby Steele is a wonderful conservative black thinker who happens to be African-American. Mm-hmm. His son, Eli Steele, is a filmmaker. And uh, Sanibel linked me to a piece that Eli Steele wrote and it's just one of the most beautiful pieces I've ever read. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to say uh, that much of uh, what he said is we have said in, in a variety of ways. And he is specifically talking about going to visit a pastor in Chicago. Uh, let me see if I have it on my phone. So I can at least link you to it. You can go read it yourself, but I'll try to remember to bring it in. While you moment. do that, do you mind if I read a quick news story, Joe? Uh, we were just talking about the, uh, the the violence that occurred in Minneapolis over the weekend. And, uh, well, let's add another one here. The Minneapolis Police Department is currently investigating a homicide that occurred at a gas station along West Broadway Avenue this morning at 11.15. Really? Police say a shooting has left one person dead at the Amstar gas station on West Broadway at 11.15 this morning. I think I might have found it, Joe. Yeah, it is. It's called Bad Faith. Uh, yeah, it was on right a foxnews.com opinion site. You can right. go find it. Uh, it's just uh, uh, quite, a, quite a thought uh, process that went into this. And uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, Eli Steele, <laughs> S-T-E-E-L-E, and it's called Bad Faith. And uh, to, to make a long story short without reading the whole thing is uh, we have lost our faith. Yeah. We have just lost our faith. Will you give me the name of it again, please? Eli Steele, E-L-I, Steele, S-T-E-E-L-E. Yep. And the piece he wrote is called Bad Faith. I will post this so Mm -hmm. jailers can find it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he, more articulately than I ever have, uh, says uh, liberalism has done black Americans no favors. No favors whatsoever. Mm. They've done nothing but perpetuate black dependency, bad faith, and liberal progressive power. And he laments that. Uh, he laments that. Uh, well, it, they're yeah. yeah. Now many Americans are feeling what blacks have long felt: bad faith gnaws at our belief in what is right and wrong. It casts doubt on our belief in America and her principles, and it makes us disbelieve that we are making progress as a people and as a nation. But perhaps the worst thing about bad faith is that it conditions us to show deference to race, the lowest of human qualities. That is why the man on the plane. And then he's talking about a guy in a plane ride to Chicago. I don't want to take it out of context. I want you to read it. Read the whole thing yourself. It's fascinating. It's posted on both the GL Facebook and Twitter accounts. Just a brilliant, brilliant piece. And uh, as is all, his father is a brilliant writer. All Lori Lightfoot is doing is sleight of hand. It's just a distraction to 
um, distract you from the real problem. And I, I don't know who you quoted there, but he was right. Illinois has the strongest, toughest gun laws in the country in Chicago. Uh, boy, if they're not in the top five um, with gang violence, they should be. As Chicago Alderman Anthony Napolitano, who is yep, happens to be a Republican. It. Yeah, he nailed it, but because he's from the conservative side of the aisle, he'll be shouted down. Mm-hmm. I'm actually printing that piece now so I can oh, take it. Oh, I want you to hear. read it. You'll we love can it. Hear. Yeah, we heard. I want you to read <laughs> it. You'll love it. Say yep. 0% for up to 36 months now on all new Volkswagens at Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. This is important because they have inventory, and a lot of the dealerships are running short of inventory and driving prices up on what they have. That's not happening at Schmelz Countryside. Zero percent for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagen vehicles, with the exception of the all-electric ID4. The new Volkswagen Taos is in stock. They, uh, you can get zero percent for up to 72 months on Fiat models. Zero percent for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeos. It's Schmelz Countryside, a family-owned, multi-generational dealership on the southeast corner there of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. It's been there for more than 50 years. I've been dealing there for a long time. I have owned all three of these makes and will continue to. Uh, great people, great service, great pricing, great deals. I, I, can't, uh, I can't tell you uh, enough about Schmelz Countryside. Uh, go to SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com. And Schmelz, AlphaRomeo.com. Saudi Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater is the only place in the metro to make a great day even better. Get yourself a fine cigar. It's the place to stock up. They stock in a wide variety of cigars, and they have a lovely smoking lounge, state-of-the-art ventilation system, and the guys at Sodi's, why they can help you pick out the right cigar, the cigar that's going to lead to a, an afternoon of joy. And as frequent customers uh, know, you can sign up for a special membership. That's where you receive a personal cigar locker in the store. It's just yours and only yours. It comes with a key and a 15% discount on all store merchandise, including cigars. They're really easy to find, located right off Highway 36 on Osgood Avenue in Stillwater. Turn south off of Highway 36 onto Osgood, and then you'll see Sodi Cigar and Pipe immediately right there on your right. You'll also find them on the web at SodiCigars.com. And please, when you stroll in, uh, in there, tell them that the dummies at Garage Logic sent you. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. You know, this music kind of takes me to my calming inner zone. Your safe spot? My safe spot, Kenny. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know you have one, too. I've seen you in your safe spot. Oh boy, 5950. I'm going to welcome, Joe, a, a a company that you are going to be very surprised you are going to fall in love with. Very surprised. I for I different reasons. For, for many different reasons. Now, I'd like to welcome a wonderful new sponsor to the show, Spiral Light Candles. Their website, spirallightcandles.com. Why are these unique? Because when you go to SpiralLightCandles.com and you watch the video of a candle that usually just burns one flame or three flames, yeah. this burns around on the outside. That's it's the name. It's a trademarked design. Give me the website again, Spiral. SpiralLightCandles.com. But here's what you're going to like about these Check guys. Check it out. It's a locally owned company 
owned by a garage logic family. The Nelsons are a GL family. They started this in the garage. Oh, this is cool. They did it on a whim and realized uh, we really have something here. So now they're selling the coolest candles you can buy in thousands of stores throughout the U.S. Spiral light candles are not your typical candle. Yeah, why do you? So that's one first reason you're going to like them is because they started in the garage. It's a family run business. But they're also going to be in the grandstand at the Minnesota State Fair. Why do you care about that? Because they made a cylinder indexed uh, scented candle. Really? And they're going to be selling it at the grandstand, but they're not putting it out on the shelves. You know what you need for that? Uh. You need the secret wink. Wink, okay. wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. You need to ask for these candles specifically, and once you take a whiff of them, you will think you are in the garage. Hold up. Wait a minute. How do it do this? It, it's, a, it's a miracle of the garage. Seriously, how, how do it do well, this? Let me look at this thing. Look at this thing. It, it burns around the rim of the candle. It's a, it's some, a sight to see, and then once it... Once it burns, it implodes inside. And hey, spiral light candles. Hey, Nelsons, you're not going to get a spot this long every single time. This is the inaugural. <laughs> Joe's already looking over his shoulder, but I invite your garage logicians to go to spirallightcandles.com, see them at the grandstand, give them the handshake, and say you're a GLer. You want to see the cylinder index candle. Stop burning boring candles. Get a spiral light candle. Spirallightcandles.com. Bruh. Such sixty. Uh, <laughs> are we wrapping it up here because I have an announcement that management is forcing me to make? Well, I'm trying to get to some more emails, but you may have the floor. I think I took all the time, Kenny. Sorry. Uh, here, <laughs> l- let me preface this announcement by saying, on Alex- in Alexandria on July 28th, there was a burning complaint. Complaint and can smell burning in the air. Do you remember July 28th and what we were smelling? Smoke. Do you remember? It's smoke from wildfires. Yeah. Somebody called 911 on that. You are kidding me. And I only bring this up because stories just as dumb as this and more uh, will be able to be heard and enjoyed on a brand new podcast called News from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Wait a minute. For real? Featuring you and John Height. Um... Featuring John Height um, from this show and from 1500 and Don McLean from My Talk, who is funny and brilliant and wonderful, and myself. And we're going to uh, slap together an hour worth of content. We're going <laughs> to slap together an hour of content and throw it on the web, and we're going to see what happens. Our very first podcast, and uh, this was my idea, and now I'm starting to realize that this was... Probably the worst idea I've ever had. Our very first podcast will be the first day of the fair, Thursday, one hour before oh. the start of GL, live on the stage. Do you already have a guest book? Um, I already have a guest book for the first two shows, and they're going to be probably the only guests we ever have on the show. Um, and like I uh, told Joe off the air, bring your shovel, because you're going to be uh, shoveling coal. <laughs> Joe Souchere, the wow. first guest. Jeez. And I have no idea what we're going to ask him or talk about. And then the second guest, um, the following Thursday, Jason Matheson has nice. agreed to join us. So we're going to talk to Jason for I think hour. I have a story that you would do on that show, Joe. This came from Jordy just a few minutes ago. It's from our friends at the Babylon Bee. President, former President Obama's birthday party is ruined as mansion sinks into the sea thanks to climate change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Kenny, uh, but no, good luck, Ken. Nope. You're jumping into the deep end. 
Uh, I don't have any choice, Rook. I'm being pushed in. Okay. Um, um, no, uh, no politics, no arguing, just goofing off and having fun. So that's what it's going to be. Wow. Uh, Tom writes some Americana. Last week as I was riding the Harley-Davidson into work from Invergrove Heights to Northfield, great ride past the cornfields and never any traffic. As I came into Northfield on Highway 3, there was a couple of young boys about 12 to 13 years old on their bikes with their fishing poles heading to the Cannon River. Now, does that sound special? That's what Fantastic. makes it special? It was 5:45 a.m. Wow! Okay. That's, that's what makes it special. Well, it's a little so unsafe were, too, by the way. And it sounds I'm sure like they were running away from home. Actually, yeah. what are you pulling out of that Cannon it, River? A German a a German coach story. was booted for the Olympics after punching a horse during the women's pentathlon. And uh, Jordy, of course, is wondering what everyone's wondering. He's probably a fan of Blazing Saddles, right? And uh, well, I'll save that for that Patrick. <laughs> Save that for Patrick. Yes, sir. Uh, when is I am, my hour? Tim down typing. in Mississippi writes, COVID is back worse than ever down here, and I'm afraid it's going to hit you guys up north, too. I have friends and family who have gotten the Delta variant, non-vaccination and vaccinated. It's hitting hard. The difference is this time life goes on and no shutdown. Some mask requests, more than mandates. I'm back driving the school bus trying to keep kids masked up. I doubt the mask I give them helps. I'm more worried this year than I was last year. I have co-workers who have died from COVID. Most of us drivers are old. I turned 65 Saturday. My wife has COVID. My son has COVID. They did not get vaccinated. I did. I guess my point is, this is not over. As I once heard on your show, life is dangerous. If you still have that, I would love to hear it. Always uh, love the show. Thanks. You're by you, buddy, Tim. All right. Life is dangerous. And Bob writes, I've written a couple of times in recent years. And at least once you reference my mail on air, it's okay if you'd like to use my first name. My original home uh, is Northeast South Dakota, where I discovered your show on AM radio. I continue to be a big fan and daily listener while I lived in South Central Minnesota for a few years. But when I took a job that moved my family to Eastern Asia, where we lived for several years, followed by Dubai for about five years, then to Hawaii for a couple of years, and most recently living and working in Sicily, I had become one of your international daily podcast downloaders as we lived and vacationed around the globe, sometimes in very off-the-beaten-path locations. But the reason for today's message, because of your frequent reports and mentions of Mother Earth's rumbling and the incredible peril and inevitable doom we are facing with climate change, mostly induced by bovine flatulence, I wanted to report that I discovered the source of mother's odorous and toxic emissions. It's not cow flatulence causing our demise. It's Mount Etna that is spewing forth uh, mother's sulfur infused noxious gas and there ain't no beano big enough to help her with this problem i've attached a photo i caught this morning for mother's most recent left cheek sneak and i'm wondering if you could use a regular report of her almost daily belching and farting here in sicily enjoy the pic and drop me in and drop me an email i can usually i can easily use for my phone if you'd enjoy future reports what do you mean drop them an email he emailed us garage logic yeah Good luck. Saying, uh, for sure, we need him. him. Uh, and he sent a picture of the uh, what sounds like a very routine erupting of Mount Etna. And now only. Oh well, wait a minute! You uh, didn't answer his question. What? Do you want more sure. reports? Sure, him? Bob. We'll take your reports. Okay. Yeah. Uh, only because they come to us all the way from Mumpumalong, from Marloth Park in Mumpumalonga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans. It's on this day in Minnesota history. 
On this day in 1823, Edward D. Neal was born in Philadelphia. A Presbyterian minister, Neal would arrive in St. Paul in 1849, where he would be a leader in the city's intellectual and religious life until his death in 1893. In addition to founding the first Presbyterian church, he would help establish public schools in St. Paul, serve as superintendent of instruction in Minnesota Territory, found the Baldwin School and McAllister College, and serve as chancellor of the University of Minnesota. During the Civil War, he would fulfill duties as chaplain of the First Minnesota and as private secretary to Presidents Abraham Lincoln and Andrew Johnson. After the war, he would serve the U.S. Council in Ireland and as secretary of the Minnesota Historical Society. Man, that guy could multitask. Wow. Holy man. On this day in 1842, the Webster... Ashburton Treaty, which set the boundary between Canada and the U.S., is signed by the United States and Great Britain. The boundary had been in dispute since the end of the American Revolution. Minnesota's curious northwest angle is a result of this treaty. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Did you grill over the weekend, Rook? Uh, I did. I made some. uh, They were uh, cranberry brats. Oh, from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. And that's the beauty of it. So when you go up there and stop... You can freeze, you freeze the brats, them. Freeze them. so you don't have to go every week. Right. Go load up, and then you're fine and set. Well, that's what people do who visit Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and now the new store in Forest Lake. They bring a cooler with them because they know perfectly well that they're out-of-town guests and they might not get back for a while. Well, that's yeah. why when I always go up there, I load up on at least 10 to 12 meatloafs. That's why we have to issue warnings. Mm-hmm. There are four different types of meatloafs. There are the uh, Wagyu steaks and burgers, the brats, of course, with about 110 flavors, uh, new ones being added and invented all the time by Spencer, Uh, the ham, the thick-cut bacon, uh, everything. It's just an amazing discovery by GLers. The original location just north of Hugo on Highway 61 and the new location on Highway 97 in Forest Lake uh, apparently is very helpful to tell you that it's across the street from the Quick Trip on Highway 97. Oh. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, quality meats since 2007, when Spencer struck out on his own. Nice. Yeah. Thank you, GLers. Yeah, that was a nice Monday show. You know, Monday shows should be a little bit better than like a Friday show. I think so. Already you know, told you're, you you're jumping into the deep no, end. What I told you is, no, I told you. I never got to this story, damn it. I'll save it for tomorrow. You save it for tomorrow. Why? That's the beauty and of Kenny, Kenny can weigh in on this. He can think about it. I think Kenny's already gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm here. Oh, there he is. Uh, why, he is. Kenny, serious question, uh, story in the uh, Star Tribune today. Why has the pandemic set off this deadly rise in speeding? It's just amazing. I, I, people are driving like gas yes. costs 12 cents a gallon. On the freeways, people it's, are it's, not being it's careful. Harrowing. It's harrowing. Yes. Well, well you know what it is. Wait for tomorrow's yeah, show. It's another fun, example huh? of lawlessness. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Happy right. birthday, Marjorie. 102 today. 102, baby. Can't wait for her state fair see appearance. See at the fair. Yep. Mm-hmm. See you at the fair. Hey, see you at PodMN for all sorts, libraries, libraries of podcasts that you can cater to your um, listening wants, I guess. It's PodMN, and that's on your smartphone, PodMN.com on your computer. Check them all out. There's a brand new Table Talk. Table Talk is back. Check that out. Familiarize yourself with the cast of characters, as well as many other KSTP, KSTP, Garage Logic, Score North, Hubbard Interactive podcasts. And if you could just slide on over to YouTube and subscribe to Garage Logic, we would love that, and you'll be entertained for years and years and years. 
check it out. YouTube, subscribe, Garage Logic. Catch you next time on Garage Logic.